Hello and welcome to Reality Check, the podcast that gives you the truth about the state of marketing. On Reality Check, we interview people who are at the top of their game and the highest levels of the marketing industry. No theory here, just reality. This is the podcast for agency owners. We only talk to the most senior of marketing directors or those at the top of the agency game. Our aim is to bring you heaps of value in just 30 minutes. I'm Oliver Duffy Lee, and I'll be your host. Enjoy. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Reality Check, the truth about marketing. Today, I'm with Neil Keane, who's the marketing director of Halazine Therapeutics in the US. There were two really key things that I took from this chat I had with Neil. The first thing was uh, we discussed his framework for digital transformation, which is called MOLE. M-O-L-E. And you'll see and hear what that stands for in the episode. A really great framework for understanding digital transformation. And the second thing I really took from it was this idea that digital transformation is an ongoing process. It's not a one-hit wonder. It's not a one-time fix. It's an ongoing process and it takes constant work and takes great talent as well. I really, really enjoyed the episode and I hope you do too. Hey, Neil, great to have you with us. As a way of getting started, please introduce yourself. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. An honor to be uh, on board with you. I've listened to a lot of your content and it's very good. And myself, I guess you could say I'm a fanatic marketer. It's uh, definitely a passion of mine. In fact, I started the first eight or 10 years of my career actually was in agency world in New York City. Worked for Footcone Belding, Young and Rubicam, What was draft at that time, but now there's been a lot of changes. In the last 20 years, I've been really almost completely focused on pharmaceutical biotech marketing. Worked at some of the big companies like GSK, Teva, worked at Boehringer. And also, I had also during that period done a lot of strategic consulting in pharma biotech, specifically in digital transformation and multi-channel marketing. So for the last 10 years, that's been a real focus of mine, and it really has been a focus of the industry, really all of the companies, large and small, trying to find out how exactly do we define and make our company more accessible to their customers directly through digital transformation. Most recently, I just started a new position at Halozyme Therapeutics, and I'm uh, head of marketing there and helping that company, small company based out of San Diego working with a new technology for drug delivery. So uh, based with technology, but also like all companies, really talking about how do we more engage with our customer through digital and through our whole strategic makeup of a company as far as marketing is concerned. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. And tell me, how did you, um, was it just coincidence you fell into pharma or was that always like a passion of yours or how did that happen? Yeah, there's always, with everyone's journey, there's always a bit of both. But really how that worked, I was, as I mentioned, working in New York advertising. I was working at the time with Footcone Belding in New York. One of our clients was Pfizer and working with their consumer group with a lot of their large at the time. This was about 20 years ago where the were a much different landscape than it is now, but there were the mega brands and working with them in their consumer marketing. Actually, that's how I got into consulting with Pfizer after that. And then soon right after that, working with GSK and then working on my uh, advanced degree at Villanova and then moving on. So it was kind of both. I just was very intrigued in that it was an emerging area of marketing that had really been 
behind. As with all regulated industries, there's always going to be that factor that leaves them behind. So there was a lot of people and smart people in the industry that were looking to say, at the time, it was more like direct marketing and then became multi-channel. Now we're in digital transformation, of course, learning to improve. Amazing. And and so as someone who's got a, a long, great career in marketing, what's your favorite thing about being a senior marketer in an organization like you are? What needs to be, and I, I would give this advice to anyone, what needs to be part of it is being passionate about marketing in general, but really being as far as a favorite thing, as far as being a marketer within a company is, you know, taking, you know, being part of a team and then a, a greater purpose for how we are going to improve. And when it comes to the healthcare industry, what are we doing to improve patients' lives? Mm-hmm. And what not just about the financials, not just about what we're doing from a business standpoint, but how we're taking it to the next step. So it's really, I guess, both technical and passionate about marketing and digital transformation in general. I'm, I do have a, a blog, neilkeen.com, where I write about this and really focused on the industry. So really part of a greater whole of the industry, as mm-hmm. well as being, you know, Halozyme, where I am now, is a very small company that re- recently, in about, about a year ago, had their own transformation where they had to reorganize and refocus their strategy. So it's really something that is, you know, it's something that you, a challenge is always, for me at least, if you're not in a position where you're challenged and working with the team and then finding out, and I'm applying a lot of the things that I've learned over the past 25 years and making it something that was important for the company. It's, that, that was especially true in my consulting days uh-huh. because you were brought in, especially since I was a very small company where an agency can be very small too, as well as you know, to say, why am I being brought in? I'm being brought in to help strategically change a company. And a lot of that takes effort because there are such blind pursuits of things and not really a full understanding within an organization as to what exactly they're doing. Now, that sounds overly simplistic, but it's very true. No, I get it. I get it for sure. And tell me, digital transformation, right? Like, it feels like one of those things where you hear that term maybe two, three, four, five times a day. Obviously, it's a massively hot topic, especially in marketing, but also because of COVID around the world and in every, in every aspect. What are your thoughts on how a company can get ahead of the curve in digital? Well, that I, I could probably spend an entire day speaking to that. I have spent entire days at workshops, but I think you're, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. It's a quite overused term, let's say. I think we can agree on that. And that has created a lot of misguidance. There, were, I think the last number I saw that we're talking about three to four billion dollars of spending every year on just that. But I think the big uh, thing is that what we have to say, like you're saying, it's a term that everyone uses and is, is out there. That creates a lot of dissemination of misinformation. Yep. So I, and I spoke, I have a, a, a workshop. I, you know, no longer I'm working at Hylazyme now, but I, I created a workshop that just directly challenges and helps companies understand what is digital transformation. Because I think one of the biggest problems is when they say we just have to rush into a decision and then before they're going into the into what they're calling digital transformation not everyone understands what it means and then you are actually absolutely destined for failure leadership doesn't understand budgets are misallocated and there's a and many organizations culturally i see that there is a a, a resistance to have a conflict 
or a conflict in an organization which does not breed healthy discussion. I know you're familiar and I've written in my blog about MOLE, yeah. which is having a framework for doing and understanding. The first part of MOLE is, you know, what is the meaning? So you're not, you know, taking on something because what happens, I'm sure you'll agree with me, when they say digital transformation, they're saying, I need to bring some software in here. I need to send out some yeah. emails. The execution which is the E, comes before the meaning and the, and the opportunity. So you're not really doing the why and the how before the who and the what that needs to come later. Now they're doing the what first, which is get a CRM software. I'm just using that as an example. It could yeah. be any number of things. Then you have something, you've spent money and you don't know how to use it. And it's not really affecting the number one thing that needs to drive this to long-winded answer here to say, how is this going to help me as a company? And this goes for any industry, not just pharma. How is this going to help me better engage with my customers and, and create something that is very important for them from a content marketing standpoint? Yeah. No one is going to engage with me if I'm just going to be part of a sales cycle. Yeah. That's gone. That, that model is completely gone. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's interesting to hear you say, I like the idea of, of MOL with the uh, meaning before the execution. When I was an account director in agency, one of the things I used to get brought in a lot for was clients would come in and want us to do a video or they'd want us to do a set of brochures or some dealer communications. And really, we made a lot of money and got and helped a lot of people because we questioned, do you really need a video or do you need more? Right something behind the video. Like, what is the actual message? How are you reaching all these people? And often, I think you're right, the execution is put front and center and people don't question why they're doing it, what the purpose is. It's interesting to see, hear you say that that happens internally as well. Yeah, because uh, there's a great fear of conflict. Mm. So there, there's going to be an attraction. This, this mall is based on some of the studies I did with my MBA on systems thinking. To understand the components of what digital transformation is. If you do that in a very methodical and structured way, not to be overly structured, you will understand that that piece of it is a component. And you know, I don't use the word part. I'm saying component because it's interactive. It's connected to everything. So, But those who are part of an understaffed, <laughs> perhaps not trained very well, and basing their decision-making on past experiences that are highly one-dimensional mm -hmm. and they get to be like that story of the frog you know if you boil the water the frog will jump right out but you do it slowly they'll <laughs> stay right in there True. and it's really part and parcel with understanding what the problem is before you know Stephen Covey in his book seven habits of highly effective people right one of those I remember that will stick in my mind is think with the end in mind okay. and if you were just just a simple way where mole is more of a highly structured marketing focus way to understand your problem before you go spend money, before you have something, there's widely held beliefs that you may have that I'm not aware of. And if we're not communicating about it, that's where a good agency or consulting company, yeah. whatever service company comes in and partners. And then you gain the trust of your client in order to find the solutions, not just being like you were saying before, give me some emails, give me some brochures. Yeah. This is part of the widely held belief of what was life 30 years or 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, mm -hmm. where I come in on a pitch, you give me your RFP, and I just have a line-by-line -line response. You're not going to last as a partner with that company very long, I think, if that's 
the approach. No, I completely agree. And before we move on, I need to know, and I'm sure everyone listening needs to know. So we've got meaning, we've got execution. What's the O and the L? Okay, so the the why and the how is is the O and the M and the O. That's what I first called means, but now I'm really since I've worked through it, I call it meaning and means. Yeah. The O is the opportunity. Let's define. It's kind of a tricky way to say what are we doing here. <laughs> what is the opportunity? And let's all agree on it. And there's a thread through all this is communication, documentation, yeah. creating a system that you didn't have before that was the parts and components were all over the place. Mm -hmm. So when you get into the O phase, it's talking to trainings, sales, clinical, medical, all of the organizations. This is a part and parcel with communication and creating a system of understanding. The L is a very important piece, which is leadership. So there you can, and a lot of this again is spoken about, oh, well, leader, I have seen and all the studies and all the individuals I follow no digital transformation has been zero, okay? I'm confident to say digital transformations are success without leadership buy-in and engagement. Mm -hmm. So those two, those are the three. And then the E is the execution. So once I have the M, the O, and the L, now I can execute. Let's now take our capital expenditures and allocate them properly. Let's mm -hmm. get the CRM software. And at different phases, now I, I need to mention... For those listening, they'd say, well, that's you know nice. This is a nice model. I understand that digital transformation is, let's call it messy. It's not linear. I, I understand that. This is a framework and a structure to kind of command your understanding for executing it as best you can within your environment. So those are the four. And, and again, there's a, I've done four-hour workshops just on certain sections of those. And I actually have a post in my blog where I go over the M and the O. And really, one thing I want to mention too, it's a post call. I call it's called the clock is ticking. It's I think the most read post in my blog, which I wrote over a year, uh, a little oh, about a year ago since it was <laughs> May of last year, a year since into going into the a year from the pandemic, I yeah. should say. And it was saying, what do we need to do to make sure? Because what was happening was a lot of people were talking about digital transformation like we were talking about. Yeah. And no one was doing it. Now with the pandemic, boy, every industry's had to change. And that's also an overused phrase. Yeah. But I'm focusing on it for bio and pharma. And there's some some emergent properties that have been really actually self-defeating rather than um, make, creating a path for success. That's great. And, and I, I love that. I love the... Uh, I mean, this is the thing. Companies, obviously, everyone knew digital transformation was important, right? But I don't think everyone knew that it was important before 2020. Like it needed to be done before 2020. But that much has been made super. Yeah. You know, I can give you an example real quick. Last year, I was working with pretty large pharma, publicly traded. And uh, not last year, earlier this year, because they were, were right in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing the things that we've been talking about in terms of understanding and creating a, a functional uh, system, they were saying, we need teledoc. We need telemedicine. Which go. one should we use? This is so it's not just that's why I think I've tested this through that using systems thinking to understand your issue, your company. It's not just, oh, well, let's put that in a box. It goes for everything. And that was saying, well, we need to find out teledoc. Let's set up a meeting for that. And let me get off the phone and get to my next meeting. This requires a cultural, rational change in the dynamic of how your organization works. And it's not easily done. That's where a good agency can kind of help get that emotional fear away that we talked about 
with how we're conf- conflicting. No, we got to just buy something where an agency can come in and say, and gain your trust and say, let's talk about how you're doing business here from a marketing standpoint, not about how you're sending an email or putting a brochure out. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. interesting thing with um, the agency client relationship in a digital transformation world is it's very hard to get it all right. Very hard to start to finish to get it right perfectly. Like you said, it's not linear. And I think one of the best success factors, the biggest success factors with agencies and clients these days is the acceptance that they're going to try stuff, they're going to experiment, they're going to be brave, and it's not all going to go well. And if it doesn't, it can't be just, right, we fire this agency or we fire this person or we just move on and forget like it never happened. There's got to be an acceptance of there's going to be a bit of failure there. Is that something? Very well put. Yeah, I, I think... I, I I like I like to use the word experimenting because I think in the past we've always said test, yeah. and that's kind of a cultural and emotional tie to you know okay well we're going to test this no we already believe in this and now we're going to create a environment where we're experimenting I love that use of that word I've used it very cautiously but important to put it into the context of how you're going to change the culture at a company so they have a path for success. Because you you can't end that. It's going back to the fear part I mentioned also to say there's a fear of conflict. There's also a fear, I do not want this to fail. And I'm not willing to take any risks. But you know, if risks, right, involve finances always, right? Yeah. If it just... If digital transformation was just dependent on who had the deepest pockets, the global masters of pharma and biotech that are literally $100 billion companies, they'd be doing it and they would just, just you know, click the register and it would be done. Yeah. But the things we've been talking about right, from the very right now don't have to do you, This is not just done by spending money. This yeah. is talking about bringing good talent aboard mm-hmm. and, cre- and having relationships with good service providers most notably agencies, mm-hmm. but also whatever dynamic you're trying to overcome within your company, understanding the purposefulness of what you're doing involves absolutely go in with an experiment. And it also creates a little bit, alleviates that fear perhaps with leadership. Remember the L. Mm-hmm. You're going to leadership with this is with their, with their head on fire and we need to do this and Give me budget. You're, you're not going to get help. I, when I worked at Bowringer, we were doing something called ICE. You named it. We named it. We created a brand internally. Nice. Integrated customer engagement. Called it ICE. We branded it. We had a logo. We had the CEO at workshops with it. The CEO of US Pharma for BI. And then you would be amazed. I'm telling you what I said earlier about zero companies will be successful unless leadership is there. Go ahead and spend your money on software, you will be sitting there in front of a screen and not transforming your company and not engaging. Your, you may get more emails out. You may <laughs> be able to talk about your segments. All right. What does that segment mean? How does it apply for you creating a, a higher level of customer engagement? It's meaningless unless you have that uh, underlying foundation. No, I completely agree. Purposefulness with what you're doing. In the past, and maybe now, but like in the past, what sort of services do you, you work with agencies for? What do you see the advantages of working with an agency as? There's been a journey with how successful agencies have transformed themselves. And there's been new agencies in the last 10 years that have been hyper-focused on digital. And I think even those agencies have transformed in the last five years to actually be more of a complete service provider. I think 
to answer your question, how do you work best? Finding those that you can, a trust person that you trust, not necessarily the best, most experienced and and best resume, but someone who knows what they're doing, obviously is, you know, you you have to have that. Mm -hmm. But working with someone you trust and also does not look at things in terms of the microcosm of getting digital done and having an understanding, a shared understanding of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that should not be based on tactics. It needs okay. to be based on strategy. I think, you know, in agencies they've had, here's our strategy person. This is great. Yeah. But what the problem was is that the strategy was based on, on a flawed understanding of what they were trying to do. So having an agency that you can very work very strategically with and partner with, that sounds cliche, I get it. Yeah. But I think understanding what partnership, how it has changed where I can pick up the phone and say, I have something to work on with my CEO and I'd like you to help me with it. Yeah. If you have that, that is a good indicator that you have an agency that is not, I, I've worked with a client in the past. I won't mention them. We were working on a launch. We were working with one of the big agencies. They had 30 people working with us. Wow. Well, there, you know, I was thinking, who do I talk to for what? Mm-hmm. And I don't talk to them because I don't have time to talk to three people, not 30. So, Having that, my point of bringing that up is you have to have the framework if I'm going to work with an agency where we really understand beyond a status meeting how we're strategically partnered. Yeah, no, I, I buy that completely. And, you know, I, I've spoken to um, people in pharma before and actually in, in other industries as well, te- highly technical industries. Do you ever get the situation where you think agencies are not embedded enough into your organization, not knowledgeable enough into the, the true technicality and are sometimes oversimplifying or is that something that you like from an agency as well? Oversimplifying. Oversimplifying is in like trying to make really complex technical concepts seem a bit simpler and easier and more palatable. I think if that is a huge challenge, but I think it's something you should strive for. I don't mean simplicity in the form of making, you know, dumbing things down. Yeah. Simplicity the way that, you know, mole simplifies a very complex dynamic within an organization. Having the purposefulness to move forward with what, let's use digital transformation as our example. Define, I, I, I bet you if you talk to 10 clients or people you know in your network to define digital transformation, you would get 10 different answers. I think so. So I think the purposefulness of saying how we're working together, it's, you, is very little room for failure. And, and again, testing and experimenting is not, and, and learning is not failure. Mm-hmm. So if you are on the same playing, playing field, but yeah. the playing field isn't defined with some agencies because you get the talent that is there, it goes away. I mean, we could talk about the agency relationship for a long time. It's very challenging. It's a very tough business to be in. I've been in it. Yeah, and it's not things out of your control can happen. You have to mitigate the risks. The only way you can mitigate the risks, the not not the only way, but the number one thing you can do is creating relationships that are truly they know that you know your stuff. Yeah, and they trust you that you're going to not oversimplify. Sometimes you're not going to oversimplify anything, but you're going to tell them the truth. If you have a project that you know needs to be done, let's just say project basis. And they say they want to do it for $50,000 and you say, that's going to cost you 150 and I'm not moving forward because I don't want to fail. Now, that's a good reason to be fearful of not failing because that's just going into saying, give me this done, get out of here, go do it. Yeah. That's the relationship you don't want with your client, not in with, my opinion. With you. Yeah. 
And so, um, and so agencies or, or clients or together, like how do you see at the moment is uh, what opportunities do we have and how can we improve customer engagement? I think probably two things. Again, that's a big question. Could be, yeah. uh, we could talk about that for a while. But I think you brought up a point with what you said about a client, how you were brought in, what they were asking for. Yeah. I think it's so important at the beginning to set that up. Okay. So when you get an RFP, you have to tread lightly because I know there's all these mar- marketers. I am one. You don't have much time to go mm-hmm. into systems thinking. <laughs> you know, you're going to go into your next meeting that you have and you're overbooked. But I think just whatever you can do when that RFP comes to you in whatever form that you push back a little. And if that doesn't work, at least put it into the pitch that we operate yeah. differently than our competitors. Mm-hmm. We have a different way of understanding digital transformation. So that's the first thing. The second thing is creating that trust and saying, I not only know my stuff, but I know that I'm going to be able to trust you as a, an agency partner to move forward. And you're incredibly knowledgeable for how we're going to have to create methodologies for interaction with our customer. Mm-hmm. Always the patient and the, the patient and the healthcare provider being the customers. There's many more, but let's just say those are the primary customers yeah. in our industry. I know them. I know what I need to know because some agencies come in and they absolutely know all the apps, all the all the technical piece, and they don't have strategy. Yeah. But the strategy will fail if you don't agree on what your problem is, and that's where the meaning comes in. Define yeah. the meaning. Ask the right questions. Every RP, everyone procurement has a period before you do the pitch where you're able to ask questions yeah. and then find out information. If you do sure. not ask the right questions, you're going to be destined to fail. I like it. I like yeah. it. Neil, this is great. So I have one last question for you. It's the same question I've asked everyone really. And it's a big one. <laughs> what do you think are the key challenges facing marketing in 2020 and as we move into 2021? And how can we solve them? I think I have to mention, you know, the pandemic has changed how all of us are going to be challenged in terms of how we work. And, but it's funny, the pandemic, yes, there are unique challenges that have been created for sure. But one thing that I think needs to be mentioned is they've only, it's really two thirds of it has really just highlighted problems that were already there. So I think one of the key things moving forward, you've always heard in the past about, you know, acquiring and retaining good talent. Now that we are in a virtual world with how we work and just whatever the new reality is will be still very dependent on the virtual world. I don't think that's just, you know, you can't, this pendulum will not swing back. Yeah. So I think retaining, acquiring and retaining good talent in your organization is something that is very easily dismissed. You just want to know when is, how many pitches do we have on our table who are we caught to get? Where are we going to get the next contract? Mm-hmm. So I think, in the context of the new worlds and the pandemic and how it's affected us, companies. The second piece is the companies that are not going into what is defined for their unique for their organization as digital transformation and creating something that are not reactive but being proactive. Yeah, and that is the key measure because right now there are still companies who are still trying to react and wait for some magical answer to come to them. And it goes back to, I mentioned it several times, we've been talking purposefulness. Yeah. If you do not have that and deny, in the dynamic with your company, with the cultural, emotional dynamics within your company, 
including your talent. Okay. There has to be a rational way with what you it needs to be a project in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So don't be reactive, be proactive, create a framework. I'm at Mole is this framework that is based on what you can collect anywhere. It's systems thinking, yeah. understanding the dynamics of your company, the pieces, people, and pride that every, everyone has a structure, function, and process for how their company works. Most people only understand half of it. So I think that knowledge and, and, and thirst for new understanding creates what will be the new dynamic. I don't want to go too far into what I think that might be because every day that seems to change. But having that, that foundation with you and, and with the, you know, the United States and the whole world, yeah. how we are going to move forward. Biotech and pharma, you know, you've noticed lately there's been far less mergers and acquisitions. I think there's a reason for that, right? They used the past eight 1819, I mean, oh, you read every week, there was a huge, massive merger. They were just saying, this is our way to growth. Well, now you're not going to grow your way through just acquiring companies that we're kind of done with that. Now you really have to have purposefulness in how your company is creating value for your patients and your healthcare providers, your payers, your, your hospitals, and everyone else in that system. I think getting the good talent on board and keeping them and creating a new company and getting everyone excited about working in there. I think it's awesome. been way underlooked. I think now with our changes in 2020, the wonderful year of 2020, <laughs> I think that they have to look on some brighter side for how you do the answer the question that you have. Agencies are going to be critical even more so because I don't because I think there's been that block between March and say September, where companies were afraid to hire. So now you have this understaffing of key talent as they're trying to change how they're working and what that means in terms of a new dynamic of the workplace. Bad combination. So you have to understand and move forward with good partnerships with agencies, consultancies, however, and internal people, of course, goes without saying. Sure. Well, thank you so much for that answer. That's great. And also, thank you for your time. It's really great to have you on the show. I wish you the best of luck coming up to the end of this year and in 2021. And I look forward to checking back in with you in the future. I look forward as well. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and follow your blog. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Okay. Thanks very much for listening to Reality Check. For more info on me, our show, or our guests, or just to find out how you can come on the show, just drop me a DM on Instagram and I'll get back to you. In the meantime, keep up the good work.